the limitations bring creativity. Like the fact that you're stuck somewhere, the fact that you have no money, the fact that now you can be your own boss, like this is a blessing. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to KiwiCo for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. KiwiCo creates super cool hands-on projects for kids to make learning about STEAM fun. Designed by experts and tested by kids. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash dreamjob. Also thanks to Klarna. Klarna is a new online shopping app that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today and start online shopping smoother. That's Klarna, K-L-A-R-N-A. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope that you had a good weekend. Um, it's such a hard season. I feel like over the weekend, my husband and I were just like butting heads. I mean, this COVID thing, like no one knew it was going to keep going on, right? Like now this idea that my kids won't be in school in the fall. Um, it's definitely one of the reasons that I wanted to move to sort of like switch up the energy and I just want a change of scenery. Um, and it's hard because I feel like my husband and I are so wired differently. Like I'm the gas and he's the brakes. He says no pretty much for everything. And I crave celebration and seizing the day and he craves stability and practicality. Do you ever feel like that? Do you have that in your marriage? I don't know. For those of you who are married, I wonder sometimes if you feel like that. I just feel sometimes frustrated and I guess I share this because I never want you to feel like my life is perfect or like I have all the answers because you know that's not true. I don't have this like one long perfect day every day. It's like, no, it's, I have plenty of lows. And I, I think that it's important that when you have a podcast or Instagram or you're doing anything that you're real because there's a lot of confusion and loneliness in the world and we compare ourselves to other people. And so I don't know. I just want to share all the real parts with you guys. And this weekend that was feeling very real. Um, but anyway, we are moving, um, and we'll take it one step at a time and I'll let you guys know how it goes. But before we move anywhere, um, next week we're doing this virtual summit. It's called the Arrive Summit. You know, how do you arrive at the next level? How do you arrive home to yourself? We have amazing speakers lined up like Ahayana Angel, Neil Pasricha, Kristen Lindsay from Almost 30, Amy Tangerine, Patrice Washington, Tommy Makanjula. It's going to be pretty cool. We're going to talk about how to build your social following on Instagram, on LinkedIn. How do you build a business? How do you start a podcast? How do you connect with people? It's going to be fun. Um, you can still get tickets at kathyheller.com slash arrive. So if you want to hang out next week for two days, you can go get tickets. 
All right. Well, today you're in for a treat because Noah Kagan is here and he is awesome. He really, really is amazing. He's an internet entrepreneur, a blogger, a podcaster, and the founder of AppSumo and Sumo.com, the number one free email capture tool. He has grown two multi-million dollar businesses, and he's one of the smartest minds when it comes to marketing and business development, personal improvement, and productivity. What's really cool is that he was one of the first people who ever worked at Facebook and Mint.com just when those companies were in the very early days. So he's seen firsthand how these empires have evolved from just a seed of an idea. He has an awesome podcast, Noah Kagan Presents. It's one of the top podcasts for entrepreneurs. I think you'll love his strategies, which are all about starting and growing a business, improving your productivity and living a happier life. And you get to sit in on his chats with top performers in all industries like Ryan Holiday and Phil Rosenthal and James Clear. So definitely go check out his podcast. In this episode, he has so much generous advice about how to deal with what's going on right now during COVID. How do you pivot? What do you do? How can you move the needle forward? Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Noah Kagan. Noah Kagan, thank you so much for joining me today. Kathy Heller, getting turned up. So it's so nice to have you here. I know that you've been so busy. In case people don't know your story or where you're at and where you were. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, this internet stuff, is a, it's a wild world and uh, it's a really interesting time right now. My story, I was born in tech in Silicon Valley, was one of the first people at Facebook, mint.com, and then uh, started to come- That's crazy, by the way. That's so nuts. It was pretty crazy. I was number 30 Facebook, number four at mint.com. And then I think in my career where I've been lucky is I'm, I'm not the smartest- I think I'm like a B plus guy, kind of guy. That's what I've always thought of myself as, but I'm pretty aggressive and, I'll, and I'm willing to at least do it. And so I think I've ridden really big waves just by the things that I'm interested in. So I got excited about social networking because everyone in the dorms, my, I was an RA, was on Facebook and they're like, get on this thing. And I was like, eh, and I got on and I was like, oh, I love it. And then Mint, which got bought for almost 200 million. And both those companies, by the way, for people wondering, I didn't make a lot of money on. Actually, my equity never vested. So I... I didn't actually get that wealthy from that. But at Mint as well, I love personal finance. And so my point with all this, and then I did Facebook games, which are big. And then I did AppSumo.com, which is our main business. And then we have a few other products that I can talk about later. Uh, AppSumo is kind of like this, it's the number one daily deal site for software. So any small business person starting or growing an online business uh, should check out AppSumo.com just to kind of see the, the best tools online at great prices. And I think the main thing I want to highlight for me with that stuff is it's not that I was the best. It's not that I was the smartest. It's just that I was in gigantic tidal waves that no matter how we did, we we're going to do pretty damn well. And so Facebook, social networking, Mint, personal finance, social gaming, then I would say like the daily deal stuff. And then we did SaaS businesses. So we have a pretty, we have a seven figure SaaS thing called sumo.com for email capture. And I think the next wave is the new future workers. So all these people like my aunt, who's a therapist, is now moving full virtual and Isn't so how is that oh, new God. audience of people, I think that's going to be a huge shadow wave already happening. It's amazing. You kind of just like list all those things because it's like what somebody else would list as if this is what they ate for lunch. You know, it's just so funny <laughs> to hear you say all that. But part of it is that energy that you have where it's sort of like, sure, let's just do this. Like I'm, I'm in, let's try it. Let's go for it. You know, and that must be part of what people resonate with you. It's like, let's have you on the team. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, problem solver. Let's take action. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Am I right? I like, I'm just going to call you every day and have you be my cheerleader. I, I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that our company, we call them sumoisms, a little cheesy, but our number one thing is called speed is number one. 
And that's the number one thing, get it? Uh, and so I think part of that is to me <laughs> that in my life, and I don't think we're always going to have the best strategy, but I think the two things we do is like, all right, just go do it. And the second thing, I think a lot of people, if they're at home and they're trying to start businesses that are trying to get something going or they want a side hustle, is that they just need to get the train off the station. They just need to go even deliver for Instacart, deliver for Amazon, just get something going and that will build something that you can then build off of. It's so, so true. That's so crazy true. Now let's go to what you just said because it couldn't be more important to talk about right now. People are terrified that they're going to lose their business. They've been building yes. businesses, but they have not necessarily been building businesses online. You just said your aunt is now having to create virtual therapy sessions. This is happening across the board. Big time. So People have a lot of stress and they're panicking because they don't know the first thing about online marketing or building an online business or how to find those customers in the online world. Let's talk about what you would do if you were that person and you're like, totally. oh gosh, we're in this wave. It's here. I got to accept it. Well, what do I do? Awesome. So I went and bought a bunch of Oculuses. So the Oculuses are the new virtual gaming. Okay. Anyways, so we run AppSumo. <laughs> We're a relatively sizable company. We help a lot of startups grow and we do all this good stuff. I'm still, you know, trying to hustle. I bought some Oculuses because I figured that people eventually will get bored at home and want entertainment. And so they'll be buying these Oculuses like crazy. So I went out and bought four of them. And then I, I didn't end up actually reselling them. I gave them to my friends. But it was something that I would have sold and made about $200 each. And so the thing I wanted to point out for people is that Opportunity is endless. Opportunities are amazing. And I think everyone's gonna have a down day. I had a down day Monday. I just woke up and I was like, I hate this work. And I'm gonna spend the whole day playing chess and zoning out. So I, I did have that. those days. Yeah, I have those I, days all the time. Yeah. So the two solutions for that that I found are I found well, I found three solutions. Number one, get more sleep. So I just went back to sleep, woke up the next day, felt better. Two, go for a walk. I think especially if we're stuck inside. And then number three, I did a mood board. This is something I've been doing every single day where I wake up in the morning. And there's four columns. I say, uh, what day and time of the day is it? What is my mood one through five? So five, am I like best day ever or how am I feeling? So let me just read it off this morning. Today was a four and I was a four because I learned about SBA loans. I, I was going to talk to my stepdad about the stock market, which is really fun. I, I had a good bathroom break and I hope uh, I get to seize the day. And then the last column, which is the most important in my mind is what can I do today to get to a five? So what can I do right now? And so then it gives me a chance to actually write out, well, I need to go heat up my coffee <laughs> and I'm going to read for 15 minutes and that'll make my day better. Because I think right now, the biggest thing that everyone's facing is anxiety and a lack of control. And so the solutions to that are planning. That is the solution to all of it is take back control of what you can. And, and that's how I kind of do it in the morning. That is awesome. I love that you ask yourself those questions. And then that final question of like, what can I do to get it to a five? And I love how simple some of those things are, but also exploring some of like the, what I want to reach for. Cause you're right. We are anxious and we don't remember that we have a little tiny bit of control over how we feel or what we do. Thank you for that. I like it. What are some tactical things? All right. So there's basically two ways that everyone's going to approach it. And I'm going to share it from the perspective of if my company, this is how I've thought about it. If my company disappeared today, what will I do instantly? That's the thought for me. Because a lot of people, I just talked to a friend, he lost 50% of his revenue. And I've talked to other friends who now are out of jobs. There's two things at a high level that everyone has to do. Number one is defense and number two is offense. And so what does that mean exactly? So on the defensive side, before you can go out 
and make a bunch of money and build an online business or whatever it is you want to do, you need to make sure that your foundation and yourself is taken care of. So you need at least 12, if not 24 months of money in the bank that you don't have to worry about. Because if you don't have that, you're going to spend the majority of the day worrying and there's no way you can go out and do something, or at least I don't, because this is the way I like to operate, that I can't go and be aggressive or try a lot of things if I'm scared. And so to shore up your finances, let me just give you some high level tactic stuff. So send your landlord a rent reduction request. I sent one to our landlord. I said, can you give us $10,000 off for the next six months? Do a total credit card bill review. This is exact stuff I've already done. And our company is still profitable. We're very fortunate at AppSumo. But if it goes down, I don't know. So I want to prepare and be proactive as much as I can. So I went through every single line on our company credit card and my personal. And I either cut it, I asked for a discount, and I can give you the script I used. And or I just looked for reductions. So in our email marketing bill, I reduced it. And in some of our other software things, I just emailed them. So I sent a short email. I said, hey, I need you to cancel our subscription. Please confirm. But if you can go to this price, because we can't afford it otherwise, we can evaluate coming back to our original price in 12 months. I hope you understand Noah. And so that's the literal exact script I sent. And it went, we got one of our services from 850 down to 200. You are a genius. That's so great. It's so helpful. Thank you. I mean, first of all, you're so courageous. You're so smart that you would think to do it. And why not just ask? And of course, they would rather not argue with you in the middle of a pandemic over your cancellation. And then you give them this beautiful out. Or you could just lower my rate because I can't afford it right now. Yep. That is so genius. And it's working for you, obviously, or you wouldn't be sharing it. People are responding. Yeah. You yes. just said someone responded and, and helped you out with that, right? You got a yes. Yeah, we got a yes on that. Some we've gotten a no and some we've had to ask for discounts and we just paused on. So we went through everything in the business and we ended up reducing, we call it the 30-5 plan. So in our company at Sumo Group, we basically said, we expect revenue to drop 30% and we only want to make a 5% net income. So based on that, what changes do we have to do in our business immediately? And so we ended up having to cut around $200,000 to get there. And so we we did it immediately. We did it about a week ago. So we were discussing, we're like, well, shouldn't we wait to do that? And the idea is that if you're waiting, by the time you're waiting, it might be too late, number one. And two, I think a lot of this is you want control. And so I want to be proactive where I'm not trying to cut investments. I'm trying to cut excess. And I'm trying to pause things that maybe aren't a clear ROI. So in our business, to moving to the aggressive, and I can talk about that in a bit, we're actually aggressive. I'm saying, hey, if there's anything we can spend that's going to have an ROI within 30 days, I want you to go actually spend money now. But anything that's not, and so some of the things we cut, we cut our server bill, we cut team lunches, certain bonuses right now, we pause certain contractors, we ask for certain people to take pay cuts, we ask you know, the server and software total credit card bill changes, and that has gotten us to the 30-5. And Great. so- we, our revenue hasn't dropped that much, but I don't want to even have to worry if it does because exactly. this will enable us. Exactly. To and then be you aggressive. won't be in this position where you have to let all these people go or you have to make some move that you didn't want to make. So that, that's just brilliant. You're the first person that I've talked to who's, who's been resourceful in that way. That's really cool. So the other thing I want to ask you so you said, if I lost my business or I didn't have a business, what would I do? So those are some of those like immediate things, right? And for people who are like, I'm screwed. I worked for someone else. I don't now have any income. Now I have to build. I've become an entrepreneur, which the good news is one tiny piece of good news is that anyone listening to the show wanted to be an entrepreneur, was self-identifying and raising their hand saying, that's me. I don't want to keep my day job. I want to become an entrepreneur. But now more than ever, the question is, I got to do it and I got to now do it online. And I don't know what I'm doing and I'm second guessing it. So what 
do we do to build a business online? Who would know that better than you? You know, I try a lot of things. Like I'm still buying and selling Oculuses to make $100 each. And I truly believe this is that I think every person out there has some unique skill. Everyone has some unique talent. And so let, let's go into some of the things. So if I got let go today, number one, sure up your defenses. So go through all the things I talked about and, and any more that you can. Number two, and so here's the two things I think you need to immediately do if you are not working. So number one, I would say go and sign up to do any type of immediate work you can. I know people are like, well, I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm this and I'm that. And so in my opinion right now, I don't like blaming anybody else. I don't like saying I'm screwed. I like saying this is a blessing that I can now take responsibility and be my own boss. I don't have to blame anyone anymore. So number one, I would go drive for Amazon Prime. I would go drive for Uber. I would go delivery. I go for Domino's. Just the fact of one, it keeps you busy. It gets you income and it gets the ball rolling. I talked about speed is number one and momentum. I think momentum is one of the greatest assets in business. It's just good to get it going. But number two and three, let's do this. So number two, document your knowledge. So what I would do is say, what is the unique thing that I know that no one else knows? And so for me, it's marketing startups. That's what I've always loved doing. I've done that since I was like, I don't know, in college and I'm still doing that. So I would go on YouTube. I would go on Skillshare. I would go on Udemy. I would go on takelessons.com. I would go anywhere I can and I would just share the things that I know that I'm an expert in. And the thing that happens with that is that one, it gives you more confidence. And two, I think right now, if you start helping people, it makes you also just feel really good about yourself. So document your skills. The second thing that I'd recommend, it's a two-parter. Number one, go help any offline business you know, go online. That is a, I don't know if it's a trillion dollar market, but that's going to be at least a multi, multi-billion dollar market. My aunt, the jewelry store, the restaurant, there are hundreds of millions of offline businesses that need to go on Shopify, that need to go on a blog, that need to go onto some type of delivery service and just go help them for free. You don't actually even have to charge because you're like, well, I don't want to get rejected. I don't even know about it. If you don't know about it, this is a great time to learn it. And so I think the second part is how can you help someone? So go to offline businesses, go find an online business that might be doing something wrong. So as an example for Kathy, offer things to Kathy that might help grow her business or offer Kathy things that might reduce her costs. Here's like a sample script, just as an example of how you can email people. And this is what we've done at AppSumo and what we've been sharing with people is, hey, Kathy, I hope you're doing well. Forgive me. You know, this is a wild time for, you know, reaching out about helping you with this, but you've been a huge inspiration, flattery. About, and how Kathy's changed your life. And I'd love to help you with X. And I'd love to get you this result. I've done it before and I'd happy to do this at no cost. Is this something you'd be interested in? P.S. Like I said, I'm a big fan. So let me know what would make this a no-brainer for you. So this is the best time ever to go out and do something new. I think what the things that really get me excited is- I love that. The limitations bring creativity. Like the fact that you're stuck somewhere, the fact that you have no money, the fact that now you can be your own boss, like this is a blessing for all these people. And what blows my mind, I didn't even realize this and this is something that has gotten me even more excited. Do you know how many businesses come out of the 2008 to 2010 recession? A lot of companies that you use today, Uber, Airbnb, Slack, Stripe, AppSumo.com. And they came out of the fact that there was all this extra real estate. There was all this extra cars. There's all this extra inventory. And oh, payments are hard. Shopify, all these things came out of necessity of limitation. So my point to everyone out there is don't say you got screwed. Say you got a blessing and an opportunity to be your own entrepreneur and get your freedom back. It's amazing. Noah, the, what you just said, 
is so helpful. And I, I'm recalling yeah. that there's this awesome woman who is in my life who had reached out to me and said, I'm a big fan and I love your podcast. I would like to help get you on other people's podcasts. This is like a year ago. And I'd like to help people get on your podcast just because I'm already such an evangelist of your show and I can start to do that for you. Would you want me to do it? I'll just go show you what I can do. And I was like, sure. So she starts to do it. Then I liked it. Then I say to her, this is awesome. And she says, let me send you a proposal. And she's like, you can have the $500 a month package, the $800 a month package. So she tells me everything she's going to do. I go, I'll take $800 a month. You're really good at it. You're super cool. She then gets a bunch of other clients. I start referring her to people because I'm like, she's so sweet. She says to me, you are my first client. All I knew is I liked your podcast and I figured I could call other people and tell them how great it was. And I thought, why the heck do I need a PR Rolodex? I'm just a girl who can send emails and be politely persistent. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And how many people had ever emailed me like that and offered, and you just said it like, you I love it. That that's a, like a go-to strategy for you. That's so smart. I had never put those two things together. Like I remember thinking that was cool, but you're highlighting for me how that happened. Totally. Like, I'm not getting those emails every day. When you said, I'm happy to do it for free, how can I make this a no-brainer for you? That's exactly right. You're Why would I you're... not want you to help me for free? Who doesn't well, that, want that? Two or three things I'll highlight is one, don't email people saying, hey, what can I help you with? Because it's too broad and oh, it's, it, it's taxing. It's hard. Exactly. It's hard. Second thing is someone on my team, Mitchell, who, about three weeks ago, I reached out to him. We were talking as things started getting crazy. I was like, yo, this sucks. I was doing the blame and complain game. And he said something to me that, that changed my entire mindset. That's what got me so excited about everything. He said, you know, this is probably going to be over in, in a while. I don't know how long, but I don't want to look back and think that I wasted this time. I want to know that I'm better. And I was like, that is the attitude that, I, that inspired me. And uh, Mitchell emailed me saying, this is two years ago. I know you're doing a charity bike ride. I'd love to help be one of the volunteers at the beginning of it for when the race starts. And I, or if there's anything else I can do, like pick up food, I'll do it. He volunteered. So that was the start of him having for free. Yeah. Now, two years later, he's got a great salary and he's kicking. He's amazing. I love this guy. Yep. It reminds me of Ben Affleck in uh, Goodwill Hunting. And he's like, retainer, retainer. It's like deposit. Just go make deposits with people who you admire. I heard the story of how Gary V hired D-Rock because D-Rock like writes to him and he's like, I know you're doing stuff all the time. Let me come and video you like for free. Like, let me just video the crap out of you. And he's like, all right. And then it's awesome. And now he's one of his second, third people in the whole business. And he's making all this, he created a whole media company for him. It's amazing. It was like, this was a free offer. So good, Noah. So good. Now you are an expert at marketing. So I'm sitting here thinking like, how on earth can I not be asking you about it? And we have been talking about it to some degree, but I want to talk about it specifically. So what does it even mean? What's your definition of marketing? And how do we do marketing well without feeling like we're being sleazy and weird? So I went to UC Berkeley, graduated in 04, and I was a business major. And I just don't think I learned anything what marketing really meant. They're like, oh, there's a, you got to get a matrix. When you do marketing, you need matrixes. And I kind of just adapted my own style of marketing. And I still, I actually to this day don't think of myself as a marketer or a great marketer. The way I, I like to look at it personally is for me, what problem does this solve for me and how significant is that problem? I think too many people think they have a marketing problem when they actually have a business problem. So they're like, I created, you know, Topo Chico. I love Topo Chico. Or I created, you know, these new slippers. And the problem is for a lot of them is that no one actually wants it. And so then marketing, there's not, it's not actually marketing. So let's just say you created something, the why, like someone really needs it. 
the next two things in marketing is just like, who is for and where the hell are they? That's all marketing is. So you created something that they actually want. Who's it for and where are they? So let's go through specific examples. So let's take AppSumo, you know, our marketplace thing. When I started it, I said, I like creating online businesses. I don't like paying full price for software. How can I get deals on this stuff? And maybe other people want it too. And so I just got a deal for myself. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can sell this to other people. So I think the number one thing in marketing, obviously, if you assume people like it, it's who and where are they? And before that, what the number one thing you have to do in marketing, there's the number one thing, everyone gets this wrong, is picking a concrete target number and an end date. Yeah, I never even heard these words. This is so good. <laughs> so I'll give an example. I was talking to, we hired a director of marketing at AppSumo and he came and showed me some stuff today about like marketing plans. He's like, we're going to do SEO, which means like get on Google. And we're going to do like a expert series where we bring in experts and teach people and, and help out. AppSumo has things that people want. It's working. People go to AppSumo, they join the newsletter, they find stuff, they buy it. But how do we expand it? And I said, well, how do you know how well this is doing, these ideas? And then how did you prioritize them? And he's like, well, I didn't really. And so the analogy I was, I was sharing with him and what I always think about in marketing is Google Maps. So if you're going somewhere in LA, either Lyft or Uber or Google Maps, you say, here's my destination. And then you have a route. And then you start driving on your route and maybe Waze takes you off your route, but it's figuring out a better route to get to the destination. And that is exactly marketing, which is where do I want to go? What's my plan to get there? Let me start doing it and seeing which ways are the best and then doubling down on things that are working and cutting things that are not. And so you have to have your number and it has to be concrete and everyone doesn't do this. And the people who do always are like, yeah, it works. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So once you pick your number, a number meaning how much you want to make or a number meaning how many people you want to serve? Whatever target. So let me give you examples of numbers that we've chosen for our company. So AppSumo has a revenue target. OK Dork, my podcast, Noah Kagan Presents, I have a progress target. So my goal is that each month I want my active audience to grow positively. So what that means is I don't care if it grows by one or a thousand or a hundred thousand. I just want it to keep growing that active audience number. So that's more of a progress goal. And so those are the two types of goals that I've found effective. There's also a process goal, like systems, but I don't have as many of those, like go to the gym three times a week. That's a little yeah. bit more of a process goal. So mm -hmm. for me, I either have progress goals lately or end destination goals. So for example, I have a goal to do 100,000 pushups this year. It sucks and I'm not going to accomplish it, but I'm, I'm trying. But to get 100,000, so this is the same in marketing. I have goal 100,000. That means it's about 300 pushups a day. And so each week, that means I have to do around 2,100 pushups. And so it helps you plan the weeks. And so for marketing, let's take another example. We have a tool called SendFox. It's email marketing uh, for podcasters and people who want to do weekly newsletters. And it's something I created for myself because I was tired of paying MailChimp uh, or these other services. And so we want to make a million dollars this year, which is $83,000 a month. And then you have to work backwards. Well, how many customers is that? How many signups is that? And then you go into the tactics. What are all the ways that we can drive the amount of customers and the amount of signups that we need to eventually get that number? And so I'll give you some of the ideas that we do, and I'm happy to, to share all of them. So for SendFox, we put it on AppSumo. That's, that's one of the things. Lately, we've been doing affiliate marketing. So the people who have become customers of ours, we emailed them and said, hey, what if we paid you $10 for everyone you brought online? Because right now, I know everyone's looking for jobs and everyone wants to create their own businesses. So what if we just said, you can go be a salesperson, quote unquote, for our business. And, and that's another way. Uh, we started some blogging. I don't think that's moving numbers. And then the last thing we're doing is kind of cold outreach. So any newsletters that I'm on or people that we're friends with or people that our friends are with, we email them and say, hey, what if we moved you over completely? And our value proposition is that we're targeted for 
you know, content creators and our pricing is a one-time payment, not a monthly subscription. So especially now people are coming. And I want to add just one thing. So there's a lot more tactics. I think the way I like to say about taxes, it's a buffet. I don't know which one's going to work for your business. And so I, I always think of it as like a buffet. Try things out and some might work better for one business than another. Like Instagram influencer stuff has never really worked for us. Getting Noah Kagan and OK Dork stuff out does really help our business because it's more human. And I love selling, but I don't ever think of it as selling. Like I think of it as education and, and this is, it might sound crazy, but I think of it as a disservice. So what I mean by that is that if I have a problem and I truly believe, Kathy, it's better for you, I feel it's a disservice not to try to yeah. educate you to come use it. And I think maybe the, the highlight and the key thing of not being a snake oil salesman is that if you can say no to the wrong people. Mm. So what I mean by that is if you're going to someone, like I was talking with my buddy, Harry from, uh, he's the rideshare guy. He teaches Uber drivers how to make money. I called him up and I said, dude, I got to get you on SendFox. Come on, dude. You're my good friend. And he's like, you know, but I do this one thing and you guys don't do it. And I was like, you know what? I don't think we're going to do that. And I don't think we're probably the right thing for you right now. And if we are at a later point, I'll come and tell you. And I think those are kind of the aspects for me is that are you educating and really like the right people? And it, are you telling other people no? And I think, you know, for me, if I've created something great, music, if I've created drawings, I think it's just like cool to get it out in the world. And ultimately, a lot of people, it's just more they're afraid of rejection. That's a whole other psychology we can talk about. And, we, and I have ways to help people fix that. But the thing is, they're just afraid. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I'm afraid too at times, but I'm like, yo, I think it's just better for you. And here's why. And so I want to do it. We have so much more to cover, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. Thanks to Klarna for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. In Sweden, they don't shop, they Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from one app. It makes it super easy to browse thousands of online stores from one convenient place. I think it's so interesting that with Klarna, you can pay for anything in four interest-free payments. You can pretty much try before you buy and also report returns directly directly in the app. Plus you get the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. So you shop smarter and save money. I think this app is really cool. You can shop from stores like Nordstrom, Wayfair, Saks Fifth Avenue, Michael Kors. I really like that I can browse items by category like women's clothing, interior decor, beauty products. And they also have curated collections like home fragrances, everyday essentials, the ultimate gift giving, and they show featured deals so I can see front and center which stores have the best sales right now. Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedisher way to shop online. It's the one stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online all in one app and allows you to pay for anything in four easy interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. In my household, it feels like my girls have been on summer vacation for way too long. And finally, the real summer vacation is here, but that doesn't mean learning has to stop. And in fact, here's a really fun way to learn at home. KiwiCo is an awesome company that basically delivers an art and science class right to your door every month. It's been hard to find creative and new things to keep my kids excited and engaged, especially during these long summer days. But KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together at home. Also, there's no commitment. You can pause or cancel at any time. I love that they have these different crates for different ages. For instance, my youngest daughter, Maddie, got their camping crate. So she got to decorate a really cute bear backpack and they included little arts and crafts materials so she could build a paper fire and pretend like she was having her own adventure in the backyard. And my other daughter, Eliza, has been having such a blast with this arcade crate. She got to make her own arcade game and prizes. She absolutely loved the projects that she's gotten so far from KiwiCo. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build 
confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash dream job. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash dream job. There's so much here that I, I want to throw back to you. One part is, you know, starting with the beginning of like, reach out to people or start teaching something you said, or even just now, if you believe in what you're doing, then it's a disservice not to share it. And I think it goes back to what you just finished, which is that most people, they don't think that what they have to teach is valuable. They don't think that they're an expert at anything. They wouldn't be confident to reach out to someone and say, hey, let me help you for free. Because it goes back to, I don't think I'm good at anything. I second guess myself all the time. I compare myself to Noah Kagan. I compare myself to Harry. I'll do that. I'll do that one. Trust me. <laughs> and then, and then they're, they're stuck, right? So how do we have some you know, way forward if this is keeping us back? Yeah. So I'll give you two tactics. You can do them instantly. Number one, I call the coffee challenge. And so the coffee challenge, it's a little harder because you're quarantined, but you can do it. in the next thing that you buy, I want you to ask for 10% off before you buy it. And so I'm such a pleaser. That's going to be so hard. And so, okay. The next so, thing I buy, ask for 10% off. Yeah. So it's called the coffee challenge. And the idea there is that it is to practice overcoming rejection. Because what I've realized is that, so, uh, this is amazing. We were trying to create this course, how to help people start a business. And it blew my mind that it's not about the starting business. It was the fear of getting rejected. So when people start businesses, what I've learned through helping thousands of people and observing them too, is that they would try to do these businesses and sell to strangers so that when they got rejected, they, they're like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I think the, the number one thing with starting any business is that you should look for your skills you have and the network you have access to. And people always do the opposite. So I think number one, I love the coffee challenge as a way of doing it. Number two is a story from yesterday. There's a guy named Nipun. He said to me, he said, hey man, we're doing a webinar. And he said, I've got a board game. It helps kids, parents, build habits. And it, you know, he went on for like a minute about it. And I was like, dude, I just, I'm not going to buy anything from you. I, dr- I zoned out. But I like that he's building a board game for kids because he has kids. And I like that he's trying to at least do something. Because I think a lot of people are just sitting around waiting for it to end. And I don't know how long it's going to take. And so he was like, do I have to build the board game? And how do I get this board game off the ground? And I said, well, why don't you just text or call three parents immediately right now? We did it live and just say, hey, I want to build a board game. We're at home with our kids. I, I know you have kids. Do you want to help build this with me? I need about $20 to start to build our beta projects. And you guys can be the, the first people with me on it. And so the thing that was interesting about the beta group uh, strategy is that you're not really going to get rejected because you're just saying, hey, you're building something with me Two, you're making other people want to be a part of something, especially now where they're at home looking for things to keep busy mm-hmm. with or new things to learn. And so that approach, I haven't checked in with them yet, but he got three people and he started talking to them. And I was like, that's oh, awesome. That's a good approach of just say, Hey, come build this with me. I'm looking for a few people to start. So that yeah. if anything you're thinking of, that's a great, yep. great way of approaching it. Yep. One other thing you've been so successful in growing a huge email list and I don't think most people know how to do that. Hmm. What do you need to do? Do you need to create amazing freebies? Do you need to give them things? Do you need to have value? Is it entertainment? What do you do? Where do you find them? How do you grow your list? So let's take a step back. I think email marketing is just the medium of communication to your customers at scale. And so right now, there's no better way to communicate with an audience, right? So think about it. Facebook, now they make you pay for it. Instagram, YouTube, all these other places, you put it out there and then, you know, 1% of your audience finds it. Maybe they don't find it. Maybe they don't do anything. So email is the only scalable way to communicate at scale uh, with your audience directly. So 
but you have to take a step back. Is that what's the point of email, right? For each person. And so that, I think that's something that gets missed. People just think, oh, I've heard this guy. I need to do an email. But if you're a content creator, all right, well, I want my audience to be able to get all my shows. If I am a e-commerce store, well, I want to be able to let them know when I have new products. And I think email lists, I mean, we're, we've made millions of dollars as a company only based on email marketing. We're an eight-figure business only from email marketing. And so obviously, I'm a big proponent of it. And if you look at every online store wow. out there, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, those aren't e-commerce, but all the major sites, all of them are very active on email. And so I think number one, realize how you want to use it. Number two, this is what people miss. Why the hell does someone want to get your email? Every one of us now hits the spam button easier than ever. And attention is like the, it's more valuable than money. And so for me, I think about what emails do I always get and open? I always open my fiance's. I don't always open my mom's right away. So I think though, for everyone out there is that what emails do you get that you look forward to? So let's just say you, you figure out something that people want to get every week. What is your unique angle and why would someone look forward to hearing from you? Right? So if you go to sendfox.com slash Noah, you can join my newsletter. I have an autoresponder. I think that's a critical thing in every, anyone who's doing email marketing. Basically what that means is when you join my newsletter, I have three emails that are my best emails first. So think of it like a restaurant. You come into my restaurant, my favorite three dishes are the ones you're going to eat. And then what I personally recommend is that consistency and kind of almost creating something that people, if you don't do it, people are like, oh, I missed that. What did I miss? And so I think before we even talk about marketing, again, this is coming back to the same thing. Before you even talk about how to grow your newsletter, you have to have a newsletter people want. So let's just talk about growing it. So let's just, let's pick a topic. Like maybe you pick a topic that, of a newsletter like yours uh, and we can brainstorm and, and dis- dissect how to, how to market that a little more. Oh my gosh, so generous. So what I send out is um, we talk about this kind of content, you know, like what was on the podcast this week. And these are always stories um, that show us what's possible in creating a business. And people have these like awesome heroes journeys as well as some tactics. And so we're like, hey, here's what we talked about today and you should listen to it. So the way, again, coming back to the first thing in an email list is I would say, well, what's my goal? Again, so a lot of people, I think historically, and I think this is wrong now, look at email list size. So it's like, oh, I have a, a thousand person email list. And so I think for an email list, and I think anyone out there should go to sendfox.com, create a free newsletter and start doing a weekly newsletter. I think everyone has a unique thing to teach. And so the first thing you have to say is, what is my active audience number? Meaning, what is the amount of people who have opened or clicked an email in the past three months? Because to me, if they're not active, then I don't really want them. And I haven't really built a true active yeah. audience participant. So it's not how to just get signups because I could go and put a bunch of emails yeah. in. I could, I could put your email in today, but how do I get it? So when I send an email, you're opening and clicking everything I send because you're like, I love what this person is sending. Yeah. So I like targeting the active audience number. So my target this year, my goal is just each month, I want the active audience number to grow. So now it's like, well, how do I get people on the email list? So the first thing with your email list, number one is look at all the assets you already have to yourself. This is what everyone does wrong. Everyone starts an email list. They're like, I need to buy ads. And I'm like, that is the opposite of the reality. So what you need to do is say, where do I already have an an audience of people that I can reach out to? And so everyone, let me just go through it. You have your phone book on their phone. You have your contacts. You have all the people that already know you. Start with them on your phone book. Text them. Hey, do you mind if I add you to my newsletter? Number one. Then number two is I would post it on all of my social networks. Post it on Instagram. Post it on LinkedIn. Post it Facebook, Twitter. And I always say this stuff because I think sometimes people are like, 
oh, I need to make it complicated. How do I go out and do a blog post? And do I need to get a blog now? And I'm always like, don't spend any money. Sendfox is free. Sendfox.com is free. And two, just look at what you already have access to. And I think people go way too far out of their, uh, like the easy way, frankly. And so number two, just look at your networks, post it there everywhere. And number three, that's an easy one is add it to your email signature. All of us send emails every day at our companies or at our personal. So I would just put it on the bottom of the email saying, yeah. hey, I have a new newsletter. Every time I send an email, people join it. Not every time, but a lot of the times. And I'm like, oh, that's a really nice perk. Yep. So those are kind of like, I would say like the V1s that everyone just needs to at minimum do for just like getting the newsletter going. So mine says PS newsletter. That's all I say. So it's kind of like, you're like, oh, what is that about? Yep. And so then from there, there's a lot of other ideas of how to do it. So let me just share some of the things that I'm doing now. My active audience number is around 40,000 people. And so I focus more on those because I care about them. So here's things I'm doing today to, to grow that active audience number. Uh, number one, I put out a free ebook on AppSumo. So I think you have to say, well, where is the audience of people I want? When we go back to marketing, it's who are they and where are they? That's it. So my audience is startups and people doing marketing. So someone like yourself is like someone I would want on my email list. Like you take initiative, you do stuff and you're saying, how do I grow my podcast? How do I grow my audience? And so you might be on AppSumo. I'm guessing you've heard of it a little bit. So I, I created a, an ebook about all the marketing I did at mint.com. I put it on AppSumo and I think now I'm getting like a hundred email signups a day just from that. Right. And I think of that about 25% or so activate, meaning they turn into an active subscriber. So that's definitely one of the bigger ones that we've been doing. I've tried blogging. Blogging actually still actually produces. It's not as immediate, but I definitely think it's a long-term garden. So mm -hmm. right now I'm trying to put out at least an article a day. Normally it's about wow. one a week. That's a that's, it's a bit much. So we'll probably pair it back to about one a week. But in your articles, the most important thing is not just to go blog. The most important thing is in your article, at the top of your articles, you should say, here is a reason to join the newsletter. Like if you, like for example, we put out this article about how we're doing our budgeting during this recession. We call it recession proof. And so we have a template, how we budgeted, our exact way of budgeting in the company. And that's how we do it. And so we said, oh, if you like this article and you want our exact budget, click here to give us your email address. So you want to give them some incentives. That's been another way for our company. Uh, we use sumo.com. It's a free tool we've created as well to do those email captures. So if people are saying, how do I capture the emails? Uh, so on our blog, I have an email pop-up, another kind of uh, more standard way of doing it. I think that's, that's kind of a lot of the ways that, that I've really been focused on growing the audience. So good. Thank you. I'm getting so much out of it. Okay. So let's say you want to understand, right? You said you're going to come up with where you want to go, the goals, right? And then you're going to try to break that down and you're going to get out there because like you said, it's a disservice not to educate people. You're going to start. So people are going to ask the question of, you don't understand, there's zero people following yeah, on Instagram. You don't understand. You don't understand. There's zero people in my Facebook group. How is it going to grow from zero to this? I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I think what people can do is pick a target and pick something in a limited time frame. So that's why there's so much creativity now is because people are limited. So I would say give yourself a weekend to get 100 subscribers and challenge yourself on that. And you're like, well, if I need to do 100 this weekend... You're going to try a lot of stuff out and you'll figure out a few that work. You'll figure out a few that don't. So maybe let's come up with a few that will. Cause like if you post on Instagram, if you post on YouTube, that might take some time for people to build up. Like I think the things where I've found results personally is that go be active in the groups you're already active in. So mm. can you go in the Facebook? So I'm active in the Austin startups, Facebook group. Yeah. So maybe about once a month, I'll post an article or something that's relevant. So here's an example. I want to grow my audience and I was like, well, what's something fun to do? And what would I give my email for? Because I think people are protective of it. And 
I said, well, I would want to watch a variety show because I'm bored at home. So we're hosting a variety show. And so you're going to go and register to join the show. I have a magician, a rapper, and a comedian. That's so awesome. Yeah. And so now that's a reason for me to go post in groups. So that's number one. Number two, go look at anyone you might have a relation with. And guess what? If you don't have a relationship with them, just do what we talked about in the beginning and email them saying, hey, here's ways I can help you. And that's how you build a relationship with someone. Yeah, here's uh, what I can help you exactly. Imagine and if you th- did that every day. Go ahead. If you did that every day, oh my gosh. If you ever, so what you could do is every single day in the morning, first thing, write a blog post, make it a video in some of the different places. And number two, go leave a comment or go send a help request. So what we've done, Mitchell, who's on our team, who's amazing is let's say we want to get a guest. We wanted to get Jeffrey Ross, the, the roast master. Yep. And I tried to email Jeffrey. I was like, I got a blue check mark. I got a big company. He's like, who the frick are you? You're a nobody. And I don't blame him, right? Just like the people who are listening, like, oh, I don't have anyone. So Mitchell though, Mitchell on our team is smart and better than I am. So Mitchell started following him everywhere. He started commenting on everything like, oh, and, and legit comments. And then he started emailing him like, oh man, here's something great that you did. Thank you so much. And after a month, Jeff Ross came to Austin and he got on our show. Yeah, he did. That's awesome. And so, but I think the key thing with that is also do some things near term for yourself, but the asks of anyone else, do it after you've already helped them. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I, dude, I forget that myself. I'm always like emailing someone like, yo, give me this. Yeah. And then they're like, they don't respond. And I'm like, oh, I should really just try to help them first. Mm -hmm. And then they'll actually most of the time be excited to help. So true. And it's, so simple, but we forget that business is just like a relationship with your fiance, just like a relationship with your neighbor. So when it comes to making the sale, right now you've done all this marketing, but you're still afraid to put it out there and say, this is what it costs, or here's my offer. And you're like, forget it. I'm too scared. How do you make the offer? How do you sell without feeling like you're doing something wrong or they're going to hate you or they're all going to leave you? Oy vey. The way I've always done it, I'll just tell you straight up. I try to do things as manual as possible. And I try to not spend any money and any time to find out if what I'm offering is what they want to be buying. And so what you're specifically looking for is you go to the people manually. Don't send some lazy ass passive Facebook post. Hey, does anyone want to buy this for me? What you do is you call them up and you start offering specific things and you will know when someone wants something you'll have. One, they'll give you money. And two, they'll be like, oh my God, yes. So let's, let's do a quick example right here. You have how many kids? Three. And how is your day with these kids at home now? We're juggling. It's a You're lot. You're juggling. Yeah. So if I had something right now that is a board game that will keep your kids occupied every day for at least two weeks for one hour a day, and we've actually, I, I, we've tested it on our kids. It's worked amazing. It's been three weeks and they do it every day. Is that something that you'd want to do $20 and, and try out with your kids? Yeah. It's a physical game that you can oh, yeah. actually keep your kids occupied. And then totally you can, they're safe and it's educational yeah, and in. it'll keep them busy. So obviously this is like a quick role play. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. cheesy, but the point that I always like to, to figure out is I want to figure out what people are excited to give me money for and then deliver it versus what 99% of people do is they all do it where they go build the game. They take six months. They say, I need to show it to them. No, I need a refund policy. I need a, and it's like, well, when you buy your airline ticket, do you need to see the plane? When you mm. buy your concert ticket, do you say, hey, band, show me that you're going to be there. And guess what? Now they're actually not showing up. Wow. My important part is once you get the money, it's much easier to deliver. So once you have it, it's so easy to go say, well, now I can go be resourceful. But to go and say, well, I have something, let me go try to find buyers. I always try to stay away from those people helping them because they're so committed to that making it work. And guess what? There's many ways of getting the destination. You could take a pogo stick, you could rollerblade, 
You could drive, you could walk, you could bike, you could unicycle. I don't care. I just try to find the most efficient way to get there. And for me, it's one by one, finding something they're excited to pay me for, getting the money, and then delivering the service. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of what that is in terms of a sale of a physical product, of a software product, all it is at the end of the day is expectation. It's saying, here's what I expect from you, and here's what you expect from me. And as, if we're both excited about it, it'll go down. That's so cool to hear you share all that because what you've done, everything is so, it's so grand. It's so giant. It's so big, but it all comes back to one person at a time. Like, don't try to be fancy. Just talk to a human being, ask them if they want it. Would they buy it? And would you say that when you were at Facebook, when you were at Mint, these things that seem so much bigger than we can wrap our minds around, see that that's how that started too? Like one person at a time? I think both those founders are geniuses in different ways. But yeah, I think what they recognize is that the market of people that want and help with their money is everyone in the world. The market of people who want the connect with people is the whole world. And so I do think people can get sidetracked with like, how big is my market? So if you're going to spend some time on something, at least be aware that there's a, more than one other person out there. Yeah. But I think people get bogged down with that too much. And for me, with a lot of it is that things evolve. And so don't sweat necessarily what the first version is. So like mm-hmm. with AppSumo, I started out doing software bundles and then we went into like weekly deals and then we've created software and then we've yeah. hosted events and we've tried and you look at amazon it started as a bookstore right they said hey we could eventually yep. like be hosting the entire internet where the aws so anyways the point is just get that's that going crazy. that's crazy and for, yeah for us the thing i, I want to highlight for anyone out there if you're doing any side hustle if you're doing anything out there and you've made more than a dollar you're doing great because i meet some of these people and they're like yeah you know our business it only does a hundred thousand and i'm like you are not sitting on the sidelines. Like you're in there. You did it. You made it happen. I don't care if it's a hundred or a million or a dollar. Yep. The people that are out there that have at least given it a shot versus like, you know, talked about it or been reading about it or listening about it are the ones I always admire and respect. So yep. one thing that I've, I've recommended to people and I find this helpful is that if you want to start any business, any business out there, give yourself 48 hours to generate a hundred dollars. So I did this a few years ago. It was the, uh, it's called Sumo Jerky but I gave myself 24 hours to make a thousand dollars profit. But basically I was like, all right, you know, I've told people how to start businesses. Let me just start another one right now and I'll show you how to do it. And so I said, well, if I need to make a thousand dollars, let me do a spreadsheet, which is what I always go back to. I said, well, how am I going to sell a thousand? What are all the ways I can do it? And then I just worked my ass off for the next 24 hours. And, I, and the way that I was able to end up doing it and I couldn't use my social network. I couldn't go blast it out to my email list. I couldn't email my customers, just like any person who doesn't have a network. I ended up calling friends who worked at companies and asked if their companies would like to buy a three-month subscription to Office Jerky. And that is the way I was able to sell like hundreds of dollars worth. So I was able to make the $1,000 in profit within 24 hours. Resourceful, really resourceful. One thing I want to ask you as one quick follow-up is you said, Facebook, you know, everybody in the world wants to connect with Mint. Everyone in the world wants to, you know, have more financial stability and success. Most entrepreneurs will tell you though that you should be super specific, that you should, it's better to sell things to people who like to garden, who live on the Everglades than it is to do something that's broad. But at the same time, you're like, no, like there should be more than three people who want it. And I think that people really struggle with that. They really don't want to niche down because they're really worried they're going to leave people out. I think it costs you more money to be broad. Uh, But at the same time, if it's not broad enough, it's a problem. And I don't think, I think everyone's saying, be specific, be specific. But you just said something a little bit different because you're right with Facebook, 
That's why there was so much competition initially because everybody wanted to create something that people could connect on. He wasn't the only one. Here's what I've accepted in, in my reality. We all say to be niche, every marketer and business book you ever read is like, right. pick one person. Every person running a business is greedy. And in the beginning, whenever you get a customer, you're like, oh, I'm selling to ladies that are under 20 and you're 75-year-old uh, male. Yeah, I'll take you as a customer. Of course, you're, you're great for women's clothing. And so right. what I've observed though, and, and if you look at the most successful businesses ever, they all have one thing in common. They actually all started with a very narrow customer. So let's, let's even just go through a few just as examples. And I want to do Facebook because that's an easy one. Google, it's for researchers at colleges. Very narrow audience for PhDs. Uh, Microsoft was actually programming language for developers. Dell, it was for college students and people who wanted cheap computers. Very specific audience of people who would buy it. AppSumo, it was for startup people in the Bay Area. Any of these other ones, it was for a very narrow audience. Not always the case, but the majority of some of the, the largest companies in the world, Amazon, we just sell books. And so I think the more specific you can be and build up kind of like your moat or your like true thousand fans, I truly believe a thousand fans. If you get a thousand people to like you a lot, you'll likely have a business forever. Yeah. And so I like finding people more specifically because it makes it easier where to find them. And I was talking with a guy yesterday. He's like the singing coach. And I was like, oh, who do you appeal to? And he's like, oh yeah, male, female, 30 to 60. And I was like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> it's not bad and it's possible, but I think it's much easier. I talked to a different singing coach. I don't know why I'm talking to so many singing coaches, but she teaches transgender people how to find their voice. So who do you guys think are easier time finding people and promoting content? Yeah, the second, second one. one. Yeah, because they know who their audience is and where to find them. You're awesome. Noah, what a jam-packed, overflowing was, with all cool. the meat and potatoes and all the sauce. This was awesome. Thank you for being so generous. Tell us where we can find you. So if anyone is out there and they're looking to start a business or grow a business, check out, sign up for the AppSumo.com, the newsletter. Even if you don't buy anything, you'll probably see a bunch of tools that'll inspire you or you can become an affiliate and sell those tools to help people go online and you'll actually make your own business out of it. So that's AppSumo.com. And for me, I would say go to sendfox.com slash Noah, join my newsletter and you'll probably learn some marketing stuff out of it for your own business or just have some jokes uh, with me. I think those are the two fun places for everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a conversation. I just think he's on fire. I took so many notes. I hope that you also learned a lot from that. Here are the takeaways. Number one, speed is number one. Just go do it. Get the train out of the station and get something going. Momentum is one of the greatest assets for your business. Number two, limitations bring creativity. This is the best time to ever try something new. It's a blessing and an opportunity to be an entrepreneur and get your freedom back. Number three, marketing is knowing who your thing is for and where you can find them. Number four, selling is education and it's a disservice not to educate your audience. Number five, it's okay to say no to the wrong people. Number six, attention is more valuable than money. Number seven, figure out what people are excited to give their money for and then deliver it. Number eight, be as specific as you can in the beginning. Build your moat of your true 1000 fans. And number nine, don't sweat the first version because things evolve. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to me. I know you have so much that you can be doing right now, but you're here and your time is the most valuable thing that you have. So thank you. There's so many good episodes coming up. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast because I don't want you to miss anything. And I'm just curious, did you like this episode? Do you feel like he said anything that was worthwhile? Can you think of one person who might benefit from hearing it? If you can, could you go ahead and share it with that person right now? Go ahead and text them or go ahead and send an email. 
if you do go ahead and share about the podcast on your Instagram and you post about the show and you do a story and you tag me, you can tag Noah, I'll go ahead and reshare it. And I'll also pick a couple of you and send you just a gift to say thank you. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Just like a soldier